North Carolina is the number one sweet potato producing state in the U.S. Today, 450 farm families, 30 packer shippers, and more than 5,000 full and part-time employees work together to grow nearly 2 billion pounds of sweet potatoes. They find their way from farm to fork as fresh sweet potatoes, frozen fries, cubes, purees, baby food, flour, ingredients and smoothies, and even pet food. We are proud to support Ripe Revival and their mission to revive communities through food and help farmers thrive. Welcome to the Rooted in Community podcast, where we hit the road highlighting stories of impact in your communities surrounding farming, food, faith, and family. That's right, we are coming to you from our podcast studio in the back of the Ripe for Revival bus that's been retrofitted into a pay-what-you-can grocery store on wheels. We're your hosts, Will Cornegie and Harris Kelly, and we're excited to lead the charge as we talk about all things agriculture, community, and change. Through real-life stories impacting farmers, businesses, nonprofit partners, community leaders, and the families that we call neighbors. Today, we are coming to you from Rocky Mount Mills, where we get a chance to talk to Colin and Carter Leggett about their experience in farming and their family farm that rules over a place called Strawberry City and some acreage out in Nashville, North Carolina. Let's get this rolling. What's up, boys? How are y'all doing today? Good. It's hot out there. Y'all been working all day today? Yes, sir. Well, appreciate y'all taking some time off the farm to come chat with us. We are out here at the Rocky Mountain Mills, and we're on the Hey What You Can mobile market. We actually just finished up an event, and uh, to our listeners out there, we had some sweet corn on this bus, and Colin and Carter both grew that sweet corn this summer, and we're super excited to have featured that. I'm going to jump right into it. I don't think there's any time to waste on fluff. Y'all tell us about y'all sweet corn, and then we'll come back to everything else. So, been sweet corn probably the last uh, three weeks. First picking was really good. Finished that. Now we're moving to the second plant now. It's looking really good. Different variety, but it's still really good. Good deal. What kind of varieties are y'all growing? Remedy and some ambrosia. Good deal. So I guess I should give some backstory. So for all of our listeners, we jumped right into the sweet corn because that's what's right in front of us right now. But let's take a step back. I want to talk about Leggett Farms, the family business, and then I want to learn a little bit more about you uh, and what makes y'all tick as well. So tell us a little bit about Leggett Farms. Tell us about your family. Uh, we've been farming since 2005. We grow cotton, peanuts, tobacco, sweet potatoes, strawberries. That's awesome. So y'all are doing a little bit of produce, some row crops. All kinds of things. How many acres are y'all farming? Three to four thousand. Wow, that's great. And how old are you, Colin and Carter? Fifteen. Fifteen and eleven. And y'all are out driving tractors, planting crops, working hard. Every day. I like to see that. So your dad, Brent Leggett, and your mom, Sue Leggett. Any other family in the operation? Nope. Just them. So I mentioned I mentioned a place called Strawberry City. I'm a big fan of Strawberry City. I'm sure some of our listeners are fans of Strawberry City. Tell us a little bit about that. That's our strawberry farm. We have strawberries, ice cream, all kinds of things there. It's a it's a place called Strawberry City. People can drive out and park, and you've got a little, you call it a, a shed or a shack or a little office building out there. It's right in the middle of the strawberry patch. And for our listeners, if you haven't been, you're missing out, and you need to check it out because it's really good. And it's some of the best strawberries I've ever had. I think I went a couple times this summer, took my daughter out there, and there's always a bunch of kids out running around the strawberry patch, and you can count on seeing these boys, Colin and Carter, working that stand alongside their family in there. 
I get the strawberry milkshake every time I go. My wife gets a, a cup or a cone of strawberry ice cream, and we never leave there without a good bucket of strawberries. But how much planting goes into that? Y'all are open, what, February to, what, what, well, I guess you start planting early in the, in the spring. Is it February? Uh, October. Oh, wow. We plant in October. And uh, we start picking about the middle of April, but we had a really good season. We started about April 8th this year. Wow. Went to the end of May. So October to April, you plant them in October. And it, 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 how long does it take to grow strawberries? See, I know nothing about strawberries, so y'all are educating me today. So no. November and December are dormant months. January is still dormant. February is still dormant. Then March, things kind of start to wake up. The plants start to turn a little more green. Blooms start. You don't really have to cover them up any in the dormant months unless it gets really cold, like in, down in the 20s. Uh-huh. But once March and April come around, every time it's going to frost, you got to put coverage on for uh, bloom protection. So if the blooms freeze, then the plant never matures, or if they if they die, you don't ever get any fruit off of the bloom. They'll come back, but it takes a long time. Yeah. And then you'll get strawberries in a later time. So I feel like I've seen a lot of strawberry farms where you, when it gets cold, and I, like I said, I know nothing about growing strawberries, so y'all are teaching me something today. When it gets really cold, like you said, you either have to cover them up with plastic or... Is there sometimes when you have to spray water on them to freeze over it? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you can also run irrigation. Uh huh. And that just protects it during the cold nights. It just builds like a layer of ice on top of it. Insulation or something? A lot of work, but it works pretty good. Like when it gets really cold, sometimes we'll put the covers on, then we'll irrigate over them to provide a little more warmth. That's awesome. Well, I think uh, there's a lot to be said for how hard farmers work and me being in the industry for a long time, and I still don't know how strawberries are grown and, and all the work that goes into it. You can imagine how many people that eat them don't know anything about where they come from. Let's talk about farming in general. My perspective is that, you know, y'all come from a family farm. You've been, you're being raised in it, and that's all you know, like you say. So it's all I've ever known. These boys work hard. I got my first job when I was 12, but it was not on a farm. I worked for an air conditioning company. So I sat in a room in attics about as high as this bus is right now. And I worked at all kinds of different things, but I was drawn to agriculture because I like to work hard, but I just saw something different about a farmer. They just cared a lot about what they did and they cared a lot about the people that they were serving. What does that sound like to you? What do you think about the word community and what it means to be a farmer and how you serve communities? Uh, you're feeding the community. You're taking care of the land. You're keeping, making the community look good. Keeping the community clean. Y'all got a lot of responsibility. You know, God's entrusted y'all with a lot of land, and you know, you, you got a, a lot of hard work that goes into, like you said, storing the land right and growing something on it to feed the people. How's that feel? It's good. You got a big responsibility. Though. It is a big responsibility. So, Colin, you are, you said 15. That's right. Carter is 11, sixth grade, and you're going to be a rising sophomore. And y'all both go to Faith Christian School? Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us what y'all do in y'all spare time. Farm? Besides school, it's all just <laughs> not, not too many hobbies. Do a little bit of hunting during the wintertime. Uh-huh. Sometimes you get to the lake in the summertime. It depends on how busy you are. But try to get to the lake as much as we can. Wakeboard, wake surf, all that good stuff. What about you, Carter? I like the hunt. What do you like to hunt? Ducks. Ducks and deer. It's fun. I like to do all that. I like to turkey hunt, too. Tell us what you think about sweet potatoes. Y'all do a lot of sweet potatoes, don't you? Do y'all like to eat sweet potatoes? Yes. Very good. And y'all are growing a good amount of acreage in, mostly in Nashville, Nash County, which Nash is the County. number two county for sweet potatoes in the state. Right. And then y'all are packing sweet potatoes. Yes, sir. 
Makes for a busy November, doesn't it? Yes, it sure does. Do you like that more than strawberries, or what's your favorite thing that y'all grow? And y'all use a lot of the same equipment for that, right? So I can sweep potatoes to spot everything crossing over, except the transplanters. So for some, for our listeners out there, transplanter is how you plant the the slips of the plants. Uh, it's what you haul behind the tractor. The tractor, what other kinds of equipment are involved in in that? Tractors, cultivators, fertilizers, rigs, all that stuff. The labor. That was a big part of it. So tell me through the process of growing a sweet potato on y'all's farm, from from plant bed or from seeds all the way through. So about March, either we plant them in the field, like the seed beds, or in the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. And then probably about May or June, we'll start cutting off the beds and plant those in the field after we bed it up and give the fields. That's a long process to get ready to plant the crop, right? Sure is, and it's not even counting all the plowing and fertilizing and all that stuff you gotta do, pulling weeds, just to get to the harvest. So you got a you got a lot of prep that goes into this and you got a lot of maintenance. And it takes what, ninety to hundred, hundred and twenty days to grow a sweet potato? Yes, sir. So for for all of our listeners, you know, Carter was saying They'll take potatoes, seed potatoes from the previous year's crop, and they'll lay them out in the ground and cover them with dirt. Well, you put some fertilizer, maybe cover them in plastic, and then the plants slip, start growing under that. And then they'll rip up the plastic and start cutting the plants or firming them up till they're ready to go into the field. Then they'll take the tractor, haul on the transplanter with the labor, and you'll hand set every single plant. And then once you do that, that's when the real work starts, is what Colin's saying, the maintenance. So cultivating, keeping the weeds out, keeping them growing. And then 100, 120 days, y'all turn them up out of the ground and y'all start picking them up. And then it gets really busy, right? So tell us about that. That's coming up here before too long. I guess y'all just finished planting. We have a plow that turns them over and then they will come through and dig them up and we'll put them on buses and potato boxes. And we'll haul them to a potato house, which they're cured, and then they'll be packed and sold to the grocery store. Or That's pretty cool, right? Seeing it in the grocery store. Does that give you a good sense of pride? Yes, sir. It should. Y'all work hard to, to get that food on the table. And a lot of our listeners just learned for the first time how sweet potatoes even get to their plate. And uh, y'all should be really proud of that, for sure. We like, at Rap Revival, we like to do things that help the farmer not only get more awareness out about what they do and how they do it, but learn about some of the troubles they face. You know, as a farmer, you spend a lot of time, energy, and growing a crop, and sometimes there's stuff that can't make it to the grocery store, right? Tell us about that, how that makes you feel, and what that looks like on y'all's farm. A lot of times you have misfit, like not the right size, too mature, not mature enough produce that you can't use because of the market. It's like the buyer doesn't want it. Kind of in a way, it feel like it's money left on the table, but at the same time, if they don't want it, they don't want it. How's that make you feel if there's something you've grown that's perfectly edible, but nobody wants it for a, a silly reason, really? feel like you're wasting money a little bit. Yep. And that's you know part of why, what we like to do is we like to use those potatoes that might be crooked or might be misshapen. They still taste perfectly good. They still got great nutrition, and uh, it helps put a little bit more dollars in your pocket and increase your yield numbers on the farm. We were on a podcast talking about farmers in the community and outside of farming, what they do. And it seemed like most farmers had uh, other commitments, other interests, whether they 
or a deacon at church or they're on a volunteer fire squad or, you know, fire department, things like that. Y'all know a lot of farmers. Would you say that's pretty true? Pretty true. Yes. Church or fire department or community group. Why do you think that is? Because most farmers are good people. And it's our community. So they want to support the community that supports them. That's right. Well, I can tell you one thing. You know, I think that's very true, and I think a lot of that is because they got work ethic like you boys are working at a young age and uh, learning a lot of really cool things to be able to give back to the community because I can tell you, y'all probably know how to operate a tractor better than I know how to operate a tractor. I got a lot of things I can learn. Y'all are teaching me how to, how to how strawberries are grown. Uh, there's a lot of value in, in what y'all are doing on y'all's family farm, and I'm just curious. Uh, Carter, I, I know you got an Instagram. Colin, you got an Instagram I follow y'all. I think it's fun to see y'all on these big tractors and these big pieces of equipment. Tell us a little bit about how, you know, what's your favorite piece of equipment to drive and and what's your favorite task on that equipment? What do you like doing? I do bedding up land. Uh-huh. Our field condition. So for our listeners who don't know what bedding up land means, what? how would you explain that to somebody? So basically you're taking the dirt and making it like a, a bed. So you're taking a flat dirt. Or maybe it's been roughed up by a plow or something, and you're actually taking a piece of equipment that cultivates that dirt and forms it into a shape for whatever crop or commodity you're planting, right? What about you, Colin? What's your favorite? I, I really enjoy running the spray. I love looking at all the crops, looking at how they look, and I love fixing a problem. You got weeds, spray them, fix the problem. I love how it, I don't like how the problem, but I like to fix it. You're a problem solver in the bunch. Well, that leads me to a good question. I mean, what kind of problems do y'all like to cause? What kind of trouble do you like to get into on the farm? Try not to cause any problems. What trouble do you get into? You never been caught driving the vehicles and making big donuts in the field or anything like that? No, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> no, not know how to respect the land that you're farming. I'm just messing. But I think that uh, it's obvious that y'all like to work hard. And you know about community. But the community around the Club and the Fire Club. Tell us about that. What's the Realtor Club? We cook chickens twice a year. Barbecue chicken. Uh huh. We sell it to the community. The community comes out and supports us, and we support other people in the community, giving back, doing fundraisers. We also let people rent the building, have their own events there, scholarships, all that good stuff. So y'all have the Realtor Club is a bunch of members, and y'all are doing fundraisers like barbecue plate dinners, sales, things like that to give back to the community. That's right. Cool. And then you said the volunteer fire department. Tell us about that. Yeah, junior members in the volunteer fire department. We get to go people's houses and put out their fires. Or when they're in need, we come help them out. We help the community, serve them. So how many fires have you had to put out? So far this year, we've been to two. Probably one of the largest fires in Natchez County. Sure. Tell us about that. That's not uh that sounds like trouble getting into some trouble that you know yeah. helping solve some trouble. I'm I'm interested about that. So you're sixth grade and tenth grade putting out fires. Well it's just helping out and watching we help wherever help is needed. So they drive the truck up there and y'all are carrying hoses around and, and helping manage whatever needs to be done. Taking people water, filling up air bottles, that stuff, giving people second hands. Picking up hose, laying down hose, just whatever needs to be done. So what makes you want to do that? No, you're helping the community. Everything we talk about turns back to how y'all are trying to help the community. Y'all, y'all realize that, right? And we like to say at Rapper Bible, we, we like to drive unity through community. And I think uh, y'all are a perfect example of how, you know, we can do that. Is when you grow up, 
and you're working hard and you're working on the land and you're living a lifestyle. Farming is a lifestyle, right? And uh, I think it's just naturally instilled in you guys that y'all want to help the community. So I think that's really cool. What kind of questions do y'all have about what we do? I mean, y'all are here on this bus. You've seen your corn. We had a lot of people come through here and buy that corn. Are there any questions y'all have or think of? So what all what all different crops do y'all sell in here? What what all different vegetables? That's a good question. So this bus holds about thirteen different RPCs or you know containers of produce, and we have a range of things right now. Of those thirteen today, I think eight or nine of those were grown right here in North Carolina. Of course, y'all sweet corn. We had what's called kabocha squash, spaghetti squash, jalapeno peppers, cubanelle peppers, tomatillos, purple sweet potatoes, your normal orange flesh Covington sweet potatoes. Uh, we had some cucumbers and some tomatoes. So almost everything was grown in North Carolina. But whatever farmers have around us, that's our goal is to work with hardworking farmers like y'all to put y'all's you know good crops on the table and, and homes across our community. And our goal, you know, y'all serve by being on the volunteer fire department and being in the Rotens Club and really helping in y'all's direct community, our goal is kind of the same. We like to serve by, you know, providing food. And I hope that it serves y'all being able to sell your crops and, and find outlets. Uh, but also knowing that we're able to get those produce crops to, to families that may not have access to them. This bus is going to drive around to different counties and, you know, we're hoping to keep working with y'all and feature y'all sweet potatoes and corn and, I know y'all have done some broccoli in the past, and we, we love getting y'all strawberries, and I know our members do too. And uh, as y'all grow your farm and decide y'all want to get into other produce, we're going to be right here to support y'all and help y'all figure out um, how to get it into the communities through our efforts, for sure. Is there anything that y'all don't grow that you would love to love to grow next season or want to try and grow? We're looking we do some watermelons next year. Awesome. Big Sweet ones, little ones. We don't know much about watermelons, I guess. We yeah. have to do some research. So as with the sweet corn, we're kind of not very similar, but folks kind of buy them the same season. It's a good roadside product, right? You can put them in the back of the truck and people come buy them. I love the watermelon. I like the seeded, uh, seeded watermelons, big ones. My wife likes the seedless. And I think uh, one thing I do know about, I've sold a lot of watermelons when I used to work at a bigger produce company, we grew hundreds of acres and I uh, used to sell them by a truckload. Harris is growing a couple this summer, uh, some seeded and seedless, and we are learning how to grow them ourselves. But you got to plant seeded with the seedless as pollinators to help them all grow. That's a lot of hard work, but I'm sure y'all can tackle it. How many people do you think you've sold your corn to at the roadside stands this summer? Goodness, that's uh, probably a hundred, at least. And what what's the what what kind of questions are these? You know, people, the consumers, the customer. What kind of questions are they asking you? What kind of conversations are y'all having with them? What variety? That's right. number one question from every customer. What variety is it? Is this white corn? Is this yellow corn? Is it both? And, and some really have no idea how to shuck the corn. So you have to show them how to shuck it right there too. That's pretty cool. A lot of people buying it in, in bulk quantities so they can cook it and freeze it and eat it all throughout the year. Do you think they're just buying it for, for that week or what? Most folks buying it in large quantities. They might use it, they might not. They might give it to their neighbor, might put it away. But mostly in large quantities. And I guess y'all probably have some customers that come back in the same season multiple times, but also probably since you've been doing this for, you said four years now? You probably got some customers that come back every year. 
That's right. That's pretty cool, right? Well, I know one thing's for sure. I've sure enjoyed talking to y'all today and learning. Y'all taught me a lot. And I feel like every time I talk to any farmer, they teach me something. Uh, but I'm just, I'm really impressed with the amount of knowledge that y'all have, the, the work ethic that y'all have, and, and the passion that you have for farming and for serving the community. And, you know, I think that it's something to be really proud of and y'all should be. And I'm proud to know y'all. I'm proud to sit around the table and learn from y'all. And I'm proud to honestly sell y'all's corn. I ate some the other night and I, I, I went and grabbed some more and I got some in the fridge. I'm probably going to eat some tonight. And uh, I can't wait to keep putting in our members' boxes. We're going to put some corn in the boxes this week. So everybody that gets a box delivered to their house is going to have three or four ears of corn in it. When's your next harvest? How much longer is your season? And how can people that are listening figure out how to find y'all's corn, if not this season, next season? Uh, probably a week or two more. And you can see on Strawberry City's Facebook. Probably getting into our second flatten pretty good in the house. Been to second plant maybe four days. So we're going to the middle of it now. So this is a little different to harvest sweet corn than it is to harvest your, your regular yellow, you know, grain corn, right? You got to go in and harvest that by hand, don't you? Yes, sir. How many people does it take to go in and harvest? Are y'all doing that or you got some people to help you do that? We use some of our workers to help. <laughs> the most we take five people. But we're always out there helping. Well, I can, I can believe that. And uh, guys, if y'all are listening and if this podcast goes live after their season, you need to be looking out for Colin and Carter because they are up and coming farmers. They know more than a lot of seasoned farmers do already, and they're doing a lot. And we're super excited to be able to tell their story. We're going to continue to tell their story and support them. And so you'll be hearing from them again. Tell us one more time how they can hear about you. So Colin, Carter, what's y'all's Instagram so people can follow along and learn from y'all and then Let's talk about Strawberry City and Legate Farms. Instagram, Facebook, websites, what y'all got? Find me on Instagram at Colin underscore Leggett, or you can find Leggett Farming on Instagram at Leggett Farming. And I'm on Instagram at Carter underscore Leggett. And then Strawberry City is just what? At Strawberry City? SBC Nashville for Instagram and Strawberry City on Facebook. Okay, good deal. Last question. We ask everybody this question on this podcast that comes on here. What's your favorite fruit or vegetable to eat? Sweet that was an easy answer for both. Think you answered that quick. You've been trained to say that. The only ones I eat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like strawberries? Just sweet potatoes. How do you like to cook them? On the grill. Either sweet potato biscuits or on the grill. Sweet potato biscuits sounds pretty darn good to me. Well, boys, I can't thank y'all enough for coming on today and for growing some awesome produce. We look forward to supporting y'all and. Hope that our listeners will make sure to find you, follow y'all on social media so they know when things are ready. And uh, we're super excited to see what y'all are going to do. Y'all got a big future ahead, so thank y'all. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Rooted in Community, with your hosts, Will Carnegie and Harris Kelly. We hope you enjoyed hearing from real people who are reviving their communities through food. Don't forget to share and subscribe to stay tuned for our next episode. For more ways you can get actively involved in our community, we encourage you to visit riperevival.com where you'll find our products and links to helpful resources discussed during our show. To catch the latest from Ripe Revival and the Rooted in Community teams, join the mailing list on our site and follow along on social media at Ripe Revival. Thanks again for your support and for joining the Revival today. We'll see you next time.